to church this morning. Welcome to church this morning. <laughs> you guys may be seated in the house. So good to have everybody. Welcome to church. Happy 4th of July. It's a good day to be in your house, in your car, on your whatever device watching this right now. Uh, we're going to jump into this and have a good time over the next couple minutes and then uh, we're going to sing a song at the end. Uh, to close this out, man, it's nothing like a good old worship song. It feels like a worship night, you know, but it's morning. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, we've been in a series, uh, just started this past weekend, uh, started uh, a series called Wise Up. You know, my heart behind this series is especially in a world that is so complex uh, a world today that has so many different variables at play, um, a, a world that is uh, um, struggling to find its identity, uh, a world that really is trying to identify what truth is, um, and, and with all the challenges with inside of the world in which we live in, I man, I just thought it would be a great time to have a series, especially on the backside of Rooted, when we're rooted in the Word, rooted in prayer, rooted in family and community, uh, all these things that we talked about. Let's talk about wisdom. Let's have a, a wisdom conversation because I think that a lot of times there's a misconception and misunderstanding of what exactly wisdom is. And so uh, we're, we started this series, Wisdom. The little caveat behind it, a little motto behind it is like it's wise up to rise up. But we don't have that anywhere. So you can just write that in your notes if you want to take notes. But we want to wise up to rise up so that we're clear. We understand what exactly is going on. Now, as we talked about this last week, um, we got to get that wisdom. The reality is we got to go get that wisdom. We got to wise up inside of our lives. With the complexity in our world today on values, beliefs, so on and so forth, uh, if we don't know exactly what we believe, and that's not clearly defined from a source and a place, it'll be very hard, hard to process all the information in which we're encountering and experience on a daily basis. Uh, everybody's got an agenda. Every media source has an agenda. Everywhere you go, it seems like has an agenda here today. Apparently inside of our school systems today, they even have an agenda with their kids and um, they want to force things upon them. And so if we're not wise about how we conduct ourselves, we can find ourselves in an unwise position, maybe knowledgeable on a subject, but un lacking understanding, looking through a worldview of man's ideas and not God's ideas, and completely compromised when it comes to our wisdom. So uh, I, I framed it a little bit different today from what I framed it this last Sunday. So I would say this, right? We talked about knowledge and uh, understanding plus the X factor. So I just brought it together today to bring clear understanding on where we're at. This is where we are going, right? The book of Proverbs, these little riddles, these little things of understanding to give clarity for us on how do we conduct our lives on a daily basis as children of God. And this is not I me, mean, not children of the world as children of God. We, this is constructed, Solomon constructed Proverbs for the sake of here, there's some meat on the bone to help you make better decisions in every area of your life. So I put it this way this week for us. We got the fear of the Lord, as we talked about in, first, uh, in Proverbs 1.7. Fear of the Lord is the, not that one, there we go. Flip it over to uh, the fear of the Lord plus knowledge plus understanding equals wisdom. That is the reality. And what we live in as Christians is we got fear of the Lord 
First Proverbs 1 7 says, Fear of the Lord is the start of wisdom. What is it saying? If God is at the center of our attention, God is at the center of our focus, I see it this way. If God is the binoculars in which you have, in which you are looking at the world, it'll shape every other, everything that you see. Everything that you see. Doesn't matter what the information is that's coming in, you will always see it through the lens of God's design. And this is exactly where God wants us to be. He wants us to be in that place where we are tuned into him. We're bringing him into the conversation, praying, praying without ceasing. Uh, we, we have him in the conversation every single day. We fear him. We've got the fear of the Lord uh, behind us. And with that, then we can step into the world of knowledge. For a lot of people, knowledge, people believe knowledge is wisdom. The reality is knowledge is information. There are people that have a five-talent information ability, right? Their IQ is like 160, right? But they lack an immense amount of understanding in order to process all of that to apply that. So that's, if the church, the body of Christ just exists and we just got to get smarter, we just got to get another degree, the reality is we will lack understanding. And if we don't have the lens of God on our, our perspective, what we will be doing is operating from a knowledge base that was given to us by somebody that has a worldview that could be the same and or different. They gave us knowledge with a perspective on it told us their understanding based on that knowledge. And now we, if we're unwise, looking through the wrong lens, we could be advocating for things that are completely contrary to our belief system. Make sense? So we got to get those fear of God binoculars. So we're ready to roll, right? We got to be very careful in this day and age because everybody wants your mind, wants your beliefs, wants you behind them. And if we're not careful, there are people, we live in an evil world. We're not inherently good, right? Man is inherently bad. So we got to be careful whenever people uh, want us to do certain things uh, for them and they're disseminating information. I always live my life from a standpoint of skepticism. Any information is skeptical to me because I got to put it through the word of God first. I got to bring the fear of the Lord into my life to say, God, what do you think on this? You have a redemptive work. You've already spoken to the reality of the world in which we live in, the human state. How do I need to process this information and lead through this information? And so uh, that's that. So here's the, what we talked about this past week. I'll go through them really quickly just for the sake of uh, those that maybe didn't tune in last week, and you should go back and uh, watch the message. It's great. Uh, I think it's the best message I've ever preached in my life. Just like this one today. Just keeps on getting better and better, right? Glory to glory, better to better. Amen. So uh, the fear of the Lord, this is what the fear of the Lord will do for you. It will bring humility to be instructed by him. A key thing on uh, fear of the Lord, it, it puts us in a position to say, your instructions, not ours. Right? It puts us in that place to be humble, to be, to be instructed by him. Fear of the Lord uh, is a willingness to turn from evil and change. Realize that evil is clear and that we're, we are ungodly and we are operating out of selfish motive and selfish desire and sinful behaviors. Man, uh, fear of the Lord puts us in a place like we're going to change. We're going to turn from our evil way. Fear of the Lord also is a surrender to his will. God, your will, not mine be done. You know, what you want me to do, how you want me to live, I'm going to do that. Your will be done. Uh, fear of the Lord is a reverence towards God to realize I am not the measure of all things. I am being measured. The reality of he is the measure of all things. I am not. He is measuring me. 
That's the reality. Uh, the last thing is, and we talked about this last week, is fear of the Lord takes us to a place, that place of maturity, where we are motivated from, a, uh, from deep within to honor God with our lives. We know what is right and what, uh, in, it is what we love because it is of God. It's this maturity. When we have fear of the Lord, it brings us with all the shaping and redefining molding that God does through correction, through clarity, through instruction. All of this puts us in a place where we, we're mature. And once we have that desire on the inside of us to please God, we, we innately move in a direction to honor him with our lives. So we put ourselves in that position. Uh, so that's that. Um, I love this in uh, Proverbs 8. It says this in verse number 32. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, keep my instruction. Blessed are those. Happy are those we talked about on Sunday. Those words are interchangeable. Blessed and happy. Verse 33 says, hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside uh, my doors being you know, in his kingdom, waiting at those gates, learning, listening, hearing, God, what do you want to do? Blessed is that individual. For whoever finds me finds what? Life. And what happens with that? Whoever finds him finds life and also obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Ah, love death, right? So we live in an evil world. We want everybody in the world to find God. We want them to know God. Because if they do, they find life and they obtain favor. But the rejection of God, any person that rejects them, how little or whatever, they may not be bad people, but they're rejecting him. And man, they're running into a dark place. And we want, our heart is that everybody would know God, find God. So get some wisdom. And at the end of the day, as we talked about last week, we got to get wisdom. We got to get better. We got to keep on growing. How many of you guys have ever been in that place where you were doing something in your life and it took you a lot more time than it probably should have? You've been there? You ever tried to use a tool that was not meant for the purpose of what you were using it for? And you spent an hour or two messing with something. You jacked up your knuckles. You were frustrated in life. You were contemplating cursing God. You've been there. And then all of a sudden somebody comes along and is like, oh, I got that tool for you, bro. I got that. You're like, oh, well, thanks. Where were you at an hour ago? Okay. I've already lost my salvation twice. Cool. And you saved that time, right? Now here's the deal. For whatever reason, you didn't have that tool. You never went and grabbed that tool to empower yourself in order to save yourself time. Right? You never did. Right? This past summer, Heather and I, during COVID, we got really acquainted with the beach. It was awesome. We just didn't grow up. We were always at church on Sunday, and why go down on a Saturday and then come back on? It was just not worked out for our lifestyle, where we were at. But COVID opened the world wide open. It was awesome. We were there every single weekend. Now, we would have the whole giddy-up, okay? I went to academy, got the whole giddy-up, got the wagon, got the tent, the legit tent, you know what I mean? The one that's like easy, a single setup. I could do it myself. Lord knows these ladies ain't going to help me, okay? One of the frustrations of my life that I have two girls, okay? God didn't answer my prayers, okay? All good. I'm going to do it all myself. All good, God. Just ask how it's going to work. So I got the one-stop set, shut up, shut up, <laughs> set up. Feels like that sometimes. Okay. Uh, but I went down and so you're getting in the hang of it. The more you do it every weekend, right? You're getting faster. You're getting quicker. You feel good. So I was down there one time with the, with, uh, uh, with the tent. And the thing about the tent is you're like deathly afraid that 
at some moment in time, this tent is going to take flight and take somebody out, right? Now, you know, I, uh, yeah, okay. So it, 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 I'm, 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 a, I'm somewhat of a, uh, a worrisome person. Like I think worst case scenario all the time. And uh, so I, I could just see the thing. Phew. So you're always concerned and worried about getting the strap down just right, right? <laughs> now here's the deal about the sand. You could put something in that sand and it seems like it's never like good enough. You're like, uh, at any moment that could definitely fly away. Yeah. Of which we almost did one time, but here we go. So I was out there and I'm getting it and I'm like, okay, well, I'm trying to learn. I'm like, okay, I think if we can get the legs down in the sand, that might work. So I'm like digging with my hand. If you ever dug in sand down at the beach with your hand, it jacks up your nails, okay? And you have like sand all up in your nails. It hurts because it's digging in there. So I, I was out there for like 30 minutes doing it. And I got them all in, right? And I'm like, <laughs> like sweating. The girls are like playing and laughing. Heather's sitting in a chair just like, yeah. <laughs> You done yet? No, she was helping. <laughs> but uh, a, a guy next to us came over and said, hey, uh, I got a shovel. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. That's awesome. Now, I mean, 30 minutes after the equation, he saw me sweating. He saw all of that. But apparently he had a little bit more beach experience than me with the tents. He went on to share a whole, the whole thing. Now, let me just share it with you so you can get some wisdom when you go to the beach, okay? I'm going to share. You take that shovel, you dig a hole of, you know, about six inches deep. You stick those legs down it. Then you cover it back up with sand. Now, here's the key, though. You got to go grab the water and pour the water around the legs because it turns the sand into cement-like around the legs. So what did I do next time we came out? You better believe I had my own little garden shovel. <laughs> and we had our buckets to go get our water and pour it around, right? We never had an issue after that. I never worried again after that about the tent flying away because I had the knowledge and the understanding now in order to do something properly, right? Here's the deal. You got to go get that stuff to get better inside of your life. There's decisions you're making all over your life today, as we talked about. You got marriages inside of here that desperately need you to wise up and understand a little bit more, right? If you didn't know the five love languages, you better start understanding the five love languages, okay? I don't even, I don't get this to this day, and I'll talk about Heather because I can. Um, her love language is not touch, but what do I do 99% of the time at night? I'm scratching her back. Guess what my love language is? Touch. Guess what she's not doing 99% of the time at night? <laughs> Got to get that wisdom, right? Got to get, 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 get that wisdom. You get that wisdom, you're going to be a better parent. You're going to be a better parent. You can, you can have knowledge on what parenting is, but lack understanding on how to parent. And it can bring dysfunction to the household, right? The last thing you want is to repeat behaviors just because your parents did it, you do it, right? You have a knowledge on what it is, but you should have understanding on how to do it because we're looking for health. We're looking for uh, uh, a strong relationships in our families. Families is the backbone of our society. So goes the family, so goes our world, right? You know, you want to get understanding about your workplace. How do you conduct yourself in the workplace? You want to go in there like a blazer, just like F everybody else. I mean, I probably shouldn't have said that way, but <laughs> we'll edit that out. All good. <laughs> For, I'll say it like everybody, like, forget everybody, you know what I mean? Forget you, you know. 
Wow. <laughs> but you don't want to walk into your workplace with that mentality, right? You want to wise up, understand you're a team player. It's not about you. It's about the team. It's about success. Yeah. We got to get better. You got to go get that wisdom. Yeah. So if you want to take notes here today, it's this. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Go get that wisdom. But here's the deal. You got to get it by that lens. Fear God. Knowledge in every single sphere of life. Understanding on what that knowledge means in the big picture of what God has. And now you can make a decision. As we talked about this last weekend, wisdom is revealed in its fruits, okay? If the fruit of your life is constantly negative, more than likely you got some dysfunction in that rhythm. Just made it throwing it out there, okay? So what I'm going to talk about tonight is how you're going to go get that wisdom. How are you going to go get it? What are some ways inside of the Bible that tells us to go get that wisdom? The number one is this. you got to have a desire for it. If you don't got a desire to grow and learn and get better, right? If you ain't got the desire, nobody's going to help you out. It's like working out. Most of us don't have the desire to go work out, right? If there's no natural desire to go do that, Nobody's going to be able to drag you to do that, right? You're like, yeah, what's up? Drag me. Try. Try to drag me, right? It, desire puts us in a place in order to naturally have the motivation to go do it, right? Sometimes it's through pain. It's like, dude, I am so dumb, right? Or not, or not. You can just say, I just don't know like that. That's probably a better way to say that, Right? But you got to have the desire. Proverbs 4, 7 through 8 would say it this way. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. If it's loaded on you, you better get insight over it, right? If you have it in you, get it, but you better get some insight. Verse, verse 8 says this. Prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. Prize her. When you get this with prize wisdom, Man, she'll, she'll exalt you, right? You think about wisdom, the better you get, the more wise you are, the more uh, credible you are inside of life, yeah. right? The last thing I may, I may preach on in this series is the weight of wisdom because there's a responsibility with wisdom. Yeah. Once you know, you may, not have, you may not be able to say everything you want to say yeah. because your understanding far exceeds somebody else's understanding by virtue of you saying it, you could actually tear them down rather than build them up. It's the weight of wisdom. And we're going to talk about that at the end. But essentially what this is saying is this will exalt you. As you get wisdom, as you grow in your understanding, and your knowledge, you are more competent to make a right decision at the right time, say the right thing, do the right thing. It will exalt you. If you honor it, man, and you prize it, it'll honor you. What are the things in your life that you prize today, right? Well, what do you prize? More than likely, if you're married, you prize your spouse, right? You want to take care of that. You want to oversee. You want to make sure that that is good. You want to monitor that relationship. If you don't prize it, more than likely you don't have any attention to it, right? Have you ever been in that place in your life wherever you, you, you have this like overwhelming like sense of like, I got to have this thing. <sighs> All of a sudden you like have value on it, but you didn't have value on it before. It's like the day I drove a Tesla. I was like, oh, I'm definitely getting one of these. There's no way. <laughs> Although my Tesla blew up today, okay? A 12-volt battery went out, stranded me. It was awesome. It was great. Don't buy a Tesla. <laughs> buy a Tesla. They're awesome. But all of a sudden, it's like, dude, I got to have one. This is amazing. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I got to figure this thing out, right? What, what you prize, you begin to seek. What you value, you begin to pursue, right? There's a fine line between stalking and passionately pursuing. 
There is, right? I've heard a ton of conversations around relationships that started that clearly were stalking. But praise God, the individual saw it as passionate pursuit, right? They'd probably be in jail today. But by the grace of God, right? But it, right, you had that moment, all of a sudden it's like, man, I prize this, I value this, I think this is God. Ah. You pursue those things, you run after those things. Is there a desire on our lives? Have you had enough moments inside of your life to say, ah, oh, I don't like not understanding. I don't like not knowing, yeah. right? Nobody can like, you can have people motivate you, but it takes you saying, it is something that I desire on a daily basis. I prize it, I value it, I wanna grow and learn. I'm talking to my wife right now, I don't understand something. God, Holy Spirit, help me understand what's going on right now, right? Leading my family, my kids are acting a fool. Holy Spirit, help me be wise in this moment because I wanna lay a hand on a sister. <laughs> but that would be unwise, right? When is the right thing? When is correction needed? When is a conversation needed? How am, I, how am I breaking a will and not breaking a spirit? You hear me talk about it all the time, right? I'm talking about with our wives, not with our kids, but you know, just pause. If you don't have the desire, it will not infuse, you know, it's not prized. It won't be a part of your daily actions. Your confrontations every day, your frustrations, everywhere there's frustration in your life, that's a lack of understanding and or knowledge that's leading to that frustration. Holy Spirit, help me. Do I need to know more? Do I need to understand more? Yeah. Am I not seeing it through the lens of God? Help me, God, see your heart through your word so I can understand more or I can know more so I can be wise. Make sense? Right? So the, the Bible would talk about inside of here, um, in Proverbs 2, verse 3, 3 through 5, it says, Yes, if you call out to, uh, for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as, uh, for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, if you go after it, you pursue it, you're going to find it. You'll find it. You'll get there. The Holy Spirit will lead you. I'll tell you, God desires to get you better. God desires that you know more, that you understand more, and that you are wiser in your everyday decisions. Why? Because he's going to get more glory, and you'll be able to better build his kingdom. That is for sure. So stay hungry and stay humble. Let's go. Stay hungry, stay humble. Number two, I'll say this. Find it in the word. Number one, you got to have a desire for it. The second thing is you got to find it in the Word. Now, if the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, written through 40 different authors over 1,800 years in, um, uh, in these 66 books put together, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God knows more. We're the ones being measured. He's greater, right? He's, put a, he's comprised a whole book in order to empower us with information. We can find this in his word. Wisdom is going to come in his word. We will know more, understand more, uh, get a better perspective and picture of who God is, what the plan of salvation is, what God's redemptive work is here on this earth, the problem with humanity, the plan of God. You know, it all comes together. It's in his word. Psalms 19, 7 says this, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Amen. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, 
making wise the simple. Come on, the testimony of the Lord is sure, and it is making wise the simple. Okay, you may think you all hit on a corn dog stick. I don't, okay? I'm simple. When they say simple in a word, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that you are turning this simple man into something greater. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But it's in the word. These are treasured things that we find inside of the word. When there's an appetite to learn, there's a, a hunger on the inside of us to learn, we can grow and we can grow pretty quickly. Proverbs 18.4 says this, the word of his mouth are as deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a gushing spring. You know, you've ever had, uh, you have your friends that, um, you know, I, I think it's over time. The more you learn, the more you grow. And usually the better you are in wisdom, the more likely you will have people asking for insight. Yeah. The more time, more, more than likely you have people coming to you to say, hey, how would you handle this situation? How would you conduct yourself in this moment? The more wisdom you gain and the more understanding through his word, and the more that's displayed the fruit of your life, more than likely you're going to have people that are coming to you. So as Psalms, uh, Proverbs would talk about here in 18.4, the words of his mouth, we, it's the desire of our heart that the words of our mouth um, are as deep waters, and the fountain of wisdom is a gushing spring coming out of us, flowing out of us. The word of God also, when we talk about on the front end of here, the lens, it's giving us a clear biblical world view. It's why it's scary in our generation today that as the Bible would talk about, write these things upon your heart, right? That you might not sin against God. There's so many things that aren't written upon the hearts of this generation because the parents didn't write it upon their hearts. And today there's a whole generation that is sinning against God and advocating for the same thing. And so we, the, we, as we seek these things, as we learn these things, as we find them in God's word, we're communicating, we're dis disseminating these to our family and to our children. We're, we're raising them up in the, the instruction of the Lord. It comes from his word. It's not just a good idea that came from my, my dome. It, was, it came from God's word. This is what God says about it. This is what God desires for us, right? I mean, when we reference that with our kids, we can raise a generation that it's not us, yeah. right? You're listening to my instruction because I'm the authority, but my instruction is coming from the Lord. Yeah. The Bible says this, yeah. right? And uh, Ellis, is, Ellis is getting pretty crafty right now because she's five years old and the two-year-old is, Bryn is a little crazy right now. <laughs> Um, and, and they're fighting over certain things and Ellis knows that she can get, get away with something. And so if she misrepresents something, then it paints her sister in a bad light and immediately I'm like, Bryn, but I started catching on to it. Cause she's like, yeah, yeah. After she says it, she's like, yeah, and she's got the light. So I'm like, Ellis, God doesn't like liars. And then she starts going, well, well, uh, well, uh, um, you know, she starts backpedaling, right? When, when there's a clear biblical worldview that shapes our understanding, we can move in the direction of our belief system that's in alignment with the values of God. Now, uh, we'll probably talk in a sermon series, just really clearly defining a biblical worldview to really shape this down. But in, in, in simplicity, what is a worldview? A worldview is simply, um, what is truth? And then from there, what is truth then is what is, um, uh, what is, um, what is real? What is, what is the realness inside of that truth? Okay. Now what is my beliefs? What do I believe based on what I believe is real and what I believe is truth? And then if it, if I really believe this, then it really changes the way in which I behave. And so it works down from there on what is truth, found it, cool. 
uh, or what do I believe from that truth? And it moves into the direction of, well, how I live. And once we have that clear, it can really help us when it's shaped by God's word. It really helps us lean in on a lot of different conversations, whether it be um, looking at uh, different complicated situations on sexuality, looking at money, looking at family structures, looking at marriage, whatever it may be, the more we have a biblical worldview and a clear perspective on God's word found in his word, it'll empower us in order to lead in the right direction. So how do we get wisdom? We got to have a desire for it. We got to get it out of God's word. The third thing I would say is this, we got to pray for it. Yeah. Got to pray for it. We talked about in the last, uh, the last week of Rooted, we talked about praying and being rooted in prayer and having this thing. But, you know, one of the things you can find inside of God's word is that if, if you need something, ask for it, right? We have a good heavenly father. And this is really illustrated in, in the story of Solomon. Solomon found himself in a position where he took over uh, the kingdom of Israel. And he found himself in a place where he was over a large responsibility, a large group of people. And he realized his ability was limited. And in that limitation... You know, he's a man that loved God. He, he actually sacrificed to God far greater than any other king before. He came in and just threw it down and made a sacrifice towards God and positioned his heart. This is who I am. But one of the things on the backside of that, right on the other side of that, the Lord would show up to Solomon in a dream and say, what do you need? What do you want? And what Solomon's heart was, he said, you know, I, I, you, you've been so good. You've been so great, so great to my father and you've blessed him so much. And I'm over, and in essence, what are you saying is I'm over all these things. And what I would want you to do is bless me with wisdom. Give me understanding. Empower me to get better so that I can lead better. And what we know about Solomon as he talked about this past weekend is that he was the wisest man. He's known as the wisest man to ever live. So his heart was positioned to honor God. He already had that biblical perspective. Now he said, God, give me this wisdom, this understanding that I might grow, learn, and understand and increase in capacity. The cool thing is, is that he's like, I want to get this much, uh, as many ideas together through Proverbs, all these riddles that I can empower the children of God with wisdom, yeah. with truth, to empower them to get better. As we talked about last week, right? God's word is learn and then live. Man's ideas are live and then learn. We, we want to learn, and we want to learn from God's word, and Solomon would do that. You know, inside of uh, 1 Kings, it would say this. Uh, on the backside of, of Solomon's prayer, it says this. Because you have asked this and have not asked for your, uh, yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, now I do according to your word." I'm blessing you with that. I'm going to give you that. If you lack something today in wisdom and understanding, ask for it. God wants you to know better. God wants you to understand more. God wants to increase you, right? I've been, I've been saying that prayer of Jabez inside of my prayer lately and just expand my horizon, expand my borders, amen? Let me see bigger. Put me at a new elevation inside of my life. I want to see bigger. James 1.5, the brother of Jesus would say it this way, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. If you lack something, ask. God wants to give it to you, right? He's got good gifts for us. He'll give us the Holy Spirit to lead us into understanding, to comfort us. He'll give us wisdom whenever we ask for it. Number four, I would say this. What we find inside of God's word is, if we want wisdom, we gotta count our days. It's pretty morbid, but it's real. Count our days. 
Psalms 90 verse 12 says this, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of what? Wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. You know, I was just talking to Jared today inside of the car and we were talking about the, the uniqueness of your 20s. When you're 20 years old, you come in like wiling out, right? I've waited for freedom my whole life. I'm going to stay up until six o'clock in the morning. It's going to be amazing. I can eat ice cream. You're like doing that whole thing. You, can, you know, it's just like anything you've ever thought to do whenever you were in your teenage years. You're like, we're doing it. Not all of it, okay? No, it means <laughs> some of us think crazy things. Um, but in your 20s, the first part of the first half, the first five years, you're just figuring, you're living. Right? And learning. A lot of living and learning. You can't drive that fast because then you got to pay a ticket with money you don't have because you don't have a job. Right? If you stay up all night like that, then you can't show up to your class on time. So you probably don't want to go to sleep at a decent time, like one or two o'clock as opposed to 6 a.m., right? When you're young and dumb, you can do things like that. For me, 10 o'clock is where I'm at. 10 a.m., I'm like, Lord, shut it down in Jesus' name. I got to get up at 5 a.m., Lord, hey, can't do that. But your early 20s, you're just living, you're learning. There's a lot of bad experiences in which you're having. You're having a lot of prodigal moments. Yeah. By the time you hit 25, what happens? All of those crazy ideas have been lived out. You've lived through a lot of different pain. You're seeing the mortality of life. Your grandparents are aging. Maybe a grandparent dies with inside of there. You're seeing your parents age for the first time. You're like, dude, my parents were always supposed to be young and look like they were like my age. And now they're like old and wrinkly. What's going on with that? <laughs> it's the reality. You start to like really think about life bigger from 25 to 30. You're trying to shape like what is real, what is not real. Like what am I going to live for? What am I not going to live for? You're trying to grab everything together, right? You're, you're trying to put it together. And the, the longer, the later into your 20s, you start to nail down truth and living and ideas and concepts and you really start to hone in on like, who am I going to be? If you haven't got, got it by 30, if I'm talking to anybody right now, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> you better start praying for wisdom in Jesus' name because you desperately need it, okay? But usually you start laying it down by about 30 years old and you're starting to come to this level of understanding. You're starting to realize that you do have a limited amount of days. Your days are number. As James 4.14 says, we're a vapor. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. You start to realize the mortality of life. And when you start to think about that, right, I'm, I'm probably halfway through my life right now. I think men are living to the age of 79 right now. That's the average age. I'm probably going to live to 100, but, uh, you know, all good. But what you start to think about, what am I going to live for? Who am I going to be? What am I going to be known for? When I die, what is going to be on my tombstone? When I die, what's going to be in my eulogy? What are people going to know me for? Yeah, Once you start counting the number of your days, you really start to count the seconds, the minutes, the hours that yeah. you have. And now what are you investing your time in? Yeah. You want to grow in wisdom, start putting that into reality that you realize, man, time is a va I mean, your life is a vapor. Here, gone. Here, gone. And the more you get down the road, I mean, I remember thinking when I was 10 years old, man, what is it going to be like when I'm 20? And I'm 20 years old thinking about that time when I was sitting in my grandmother's house in Ilmendorf, Texas, thinking about what it would be like when I'm 20. And I'm 20 years old thinking 10 years just passed me by. A decade just passed me by. What the heck did I do for the last decade, right? I ate some Skittles, went to SeaWorld, and that's about it, okay? I don't know what just happened, right? 20 to 30, you're like, what just happened? I did, got my degree. I'm a student pastor now. 
I'm married, no kids. What just happened? I'm turning, I'm about to turn 40. I'm like, started a church, married to kids. What just happened, right? You, you start thinking in like, whoa, this thing is rolling. Number your days, you'll be getting a little wiser about what you're investing your time in, how you're spending your time. Maybe you'll start getting that, man, I'm, my days are numbered. I'm, a, I'm waking up tomorrow. I'm, hit, I'm hitting the alarm clock. I'm no more snooze. I'm up at 5 a.m. I'm learning. I'm getting better, right? I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm in the word. I'm learning every single day. I'm praying, you know, I'm, I'm working out. I'm getting in. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm counting my days, the number of my days. If you count the number of your days, you'll grow in wisdom for sure. You'll, you'll live less carelessly and more poignantly and passionately. Count the number of your days, as Psalms 90 says. The last thing I'll leave you with tonight is stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on Jesus. Matthew 12, 42 says the queen of the South will arise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the, the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. This lady realized the wisdom of Solomon given by God. She traveled a long ways just to hear him speak. And what is Jesus saying? If you only knew. This generation only knew who I was. They'd be asking more questions. They'd be seeking more understanding rather than trying to push me away. If they knew it, right? And on the day of judgment, he's like, this lady's going to rise up because she saw it in Solomon and she's going to condemn you, this generation, because you don't see it. Here's the deal. Focus on Jesus. We know the story of Mary and Martha. Martha, 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 right? Martha just wanted to work and do everything. But Mary, where did she find herself? At the feet of Jesus. The focus was, I'm here. I'm present with you, Jesus. I'm going to stay focused on Jesus. You want to grow in wisdom, stay focused on Jesus. He is the source of life. He is the sum and substance of salvation. He, is the, he has it all inside of him. I love how 1 Corinthians 1 through 24 says this, and I'm going to read verse 30. It says, for Jews demanded signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and a folly to Gentiles. He's bringing clarity. Here's what we do. We are preaching Christ crucified. These individuals over here, the Greeks, it's all about knowledge. The latest wisdom, philosophies and philosophers and blah. But to the Gentiles, they just want to see signs of miracles that this is real. It's God. But Paul's bringing clarity that for the Jews, it's a stumbling block. And for, for the Gentiles, it's folly. Oh, that's crazy. What are you talking about? There's no wisdom inside of that. But if you think Pastor Brent is being gangster in the 21st century with the conversations that I'm having, pales into comparison to Paul and his generation. I'll just tell you that right now, okay? If you sit in your seats and you're like, ooh, Pastor, <laughs> just better believe Paul's speaking to people that drug him out of cities and flogged him, beat him tried to throw him off of cliffs to kill him, okay? It's a little bit different. We're not quite there yet, okay? But at this rate, we're going to be there pretty soon. Okay, no, it's fine. <laughs> so Paul's getting into the trenches here. 
on the ideologies, the challenges, the struggles at this moment in time. He said, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. To those that are called, Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. He is both of these things. He is the miracle and he is the wisdom. If you're a Greek and God, Christ is called, or God has called you, you're going to understand that he is wisdom. And if you're a Gentile and, or you're a Jew and you're just looking for the miraculous, he is a miracle. It's going to be revealed to you. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man. Amen. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. Amen. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Verse number 30. He was all of that. It's in Christ. It was revealed in Christ. It is Christ. It is who he is. He is the absolute truth. He will always be the absolute truth. He is the power of God revealed to this earth. He is the righteousness of God revealed to this earth. He is the sa savior of the world revealed to this. He is the wisdom of God revealed to man. It's in him. So my question is, is he good enough? Is Jesus good enough for us? Do we need somebody else to tell us something different that's going to give us a greater level of knowledge and or understanding that's going to supersede him? That's going to empower us better with our worldview and our level of understanding and living on how we are, you know, we're, we're building the kingdom of God. We are temporary citizens here on this earth. This is not our home, FYI. Heaven is our home. We're here temporarily. I mean, is he not good enough? If he's not good enough, cool. But I hope, man, God is, I mean, Jesus is good enough that you can keep your focus on him. That you can keep your feet in him like Mary. You know where the source and the substance of wisdom is coming from. You know where understanding is flowing from. You know how to get your perspective in the right frame of, uh, uh, of understanding so that you can make the right decisions in every area of your life. You know, you're at the feet of Jesus. You're apprenticing Jesus. How does he talk? How does he act? How does he live? What does he, you know, how does he conduct himself? What does he do, right? Jesus was always about correction, and direction correction direction you don't know let me tell you what god's heart is and let me direct you to go live it out correction direction right confrontation redirection jesus showed up on the shores there's a demon possessed man that came over had issues for a long period of time but what did jesus say you got an issue i got a problem i got the solution right the old South song says it, if you got a problem, you'll all solve it. That's how Jesus conducted himself. You got a problem, you'll all solve it. Let me help you with where you're at. Let me direct you on where you need to be. There was never affirmation from Jesus on ungodly living and unrighteousness. Never. He always fought for the person to know better, to then honor God better. Okay, this is where we got to be really careful in this generation. We don't affirm behaviors out of alignment with God's, God's word. We just love the person for who they are as God's creation and we direct them in righteousness. You'll never lose my love, but you may not get my affirmation. And that's a mutual respect between us that I love you so much 
that I'm going to gracefully, you know, walk you through the process. I love you, but I want you to follow Jesus. Amen. That's what our heart is. Amen. So tonight for us closing this out, I, I, I pray through all of this that you get a clear understanding of the, what's at stake here today. It, it, it is the, the world in which we live in desperately needs a generation of Christ followers that are wise, not compromised in their worldview. They're not living in the middle of, I like both, right? We're not the church of Laodicea with one foot in, one foot out, lukewarm. We're all in on Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We are all in on him. There's no in-between on that. We don't want to be spit out by God. So I, I, I want us to close out with a song that they're going to sing called Nothing Else. And the whole point of it is saying nothing else will do. We just want you. And I pray tonight that as we've talked this thing out and you realize what's at stake, that you're coming to that realization on like, there is nothing else. I can't find happiness in anything else, right? It's got to be in Jesus and then I got to work from there, right? Jesus says, hey, if you want to follow me, man, you got to die to yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, right? When he's dealing with those individuals, like, hey, well, I got to go bury my, got to go bury my, my, my father. He's like, uh, let the dead bury the dead, Okay. He's talking about spiritually dead. Those that are spiritually dead, let them die. If you're going to follow me, you need to come follow me. Because then he says, he who puts his hand to the plow should not be looking backwards. As soon as you put your hand to the plow and you look backwards, what are you doing? You're messing up what you're doing moving forward. So is he enough? And if he is enough, put your hand to the plow. Let's go. Let's walk in wisdom. Let's walk in understanding. Let's walk with a biblical worldview. And let's, leave. let's jump up to our feet, God. Jesus, you are enough here tonight. You're enough. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you have revealed to humanity. We thank you for what you have uh, communicated to earth. God, we thank you for what you lived before us. God, we thank you for what you have modeled. And Jesus, we thank you that you went to a cross to die and save us, pay the penalty of our sins. We thank you for your grace that yet while we were sinners, you died for us. You gave your life. You laid it down for us, God. And Lord, we just thank you that, Lord, you didn't come to affirm us. You came to save us and correct us and direct us. And Lord, we receive your correction here tonight. We receive your direction here tonight, God. So Lord, correct us where we are at. If there's something we need to hear, Holy Spirit, have your way to correct us. God, if you need to direct us here tonight in a specific direction, God, maybe it is in our morality. Maybe it isn't a clear direction on where you're leading us in this next season, God. Reveal it to us, God. Direct us. We are walking in humility. Fear of the Lord has gripped us. We're willing to hear from you on where we're going, God. There's nothing else that'll do. We just want you.